Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. Uh, today, we're happy to be talking with Dr. Robin Miller, whose career as a physician has been quite varied. She's the medical director of Triune Integrative Medicine, a unique company in Medford, Oregon, which provides valuable consultative and informational services. She's written multiple medical books. The most recent is Healed Health and Wellness for the 21st Century. Robin is a medical reporter for KOBI 5, the NBC affiliate in Southern Oregon and Northern California. She has produced the award-winning health series, Is There a Doctor in the House? And which is shown on Wellness Channel nationwide. Her health tips are seen regularly on triunemed.com and KOBI TV NBC5. And Dr. Miller draws on her rich background for her latest book with an intriguing title, Invisible or Invincible, Your Choice. Mm -hmm. So welcome, Dr. Miller. We're really happy to have you with us today for our series um, on advocate for Advocates for Women Aging. So Thank welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Happy to have you. So let's, let's just get right into your your the, this, the book, Invis Invisible or Invincible, and tell us why why now why did you write this book now and who's it for well as a physician and myself um i have talked to many women who as they age feel invisible um feel that they don't matter that no one cares about their opinions they get passed over as little old ladies and no one seems to care about them and so it does such a disservice to all of us as we age, because we have so much to offer. Right. And what were some of the, can you give some examples of what you would hear from some of the, your, your patients? Well, they feel like, you know, might as well end up in the rocking chair, not much else to do. Um, no one's really interested in what they have to say, their opinions. Um, no one's looking at them anymore. Um, and so I feel like I am their advocate. I am my own advocate, and I want people to understand they, are, they have plenty to say and plenty of things to do, mm -hmm. and we are not done yet. Yes. We're not done until we're dead, and that's my opinion. We have <laughs> so much to do. Um, so take, this is beyond, beyond health care, right? This is yeah. the whole experience of being women uh, as yes. we age. Okay. Yes. There are so many beliefs out there that just simply aren't true. One of the big ones is that we're all going to get dementia and lose our minds. Mm -hmm. But I bet you don't even know that the incidence of dementia has been going down over the last 30 years at 15% a decade. Wow. So we're not losing our minds. We, in fact, can grow them ourselves. <laughs> um, now, we think that there's a lot of dementia out there because there is. The prevalence is high because there's so many people that are older now. Mm -hmm. The truth is, it's not inevitable. We, you don't have to lose your mind. And there are many things you can do to preserve it and grow it. And I talk about that in the book. So is that a particular chapter or is that a theme that's kind of woven throughout the book? It's a theme throughout the book, but I actually have a couple chapters dealing with a couple of things that we take for granted. One is sleep. Sleep's incredibly important for our health. And a lot of people kind of discount it and don't think it's that important, but it's huge. Very important for 
cognitive function, for bodily function, and to keep us healthy. And I have a lot of tips on how you can improve your sleep and how you can even know if you're getting good sleep. Um, the other one is eating what we eat. Mm-hmm. And again, we take for granted that what we eat doesn't really affect our body, but it does. And when you look at the microbiome, the gut bacteria, the, mic- the microbiota that live in our gut, it really dictates just about everything. <laughs> your cognition, your health, your immune system. And so what you put in your body is incredibly important for your health. It can help you be healthier. It can help you live longer. And it can preserve your head, your brain. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so is, is this part of... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Gail. So is this? is there a way to know what you should be putting in your body that will enhance your brain and not reduce it? Yes, there's a lot of really good research that's been done. There is one diet that is pretty amazing, pretty remarkable. It will help keep your brain healthy, help keep you from getting depressed. It will help you live longer, help you from getting heart disease and strokes. That diet is the Mediterranean style diet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think, ah, if I eat healthy, it's not going to taste very good. But the Mediterranean style diet is phenomenal. It's fantastic. It's mostly plant-based. There are You can have lean protein, just not a lot of it. I mean, lean meat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's vegetables, fruit, little red wine, olive oil, all things that taste great. Mm-hmm. Garlic all wonderful foods and they all help to promote a healthy microbiome which will promote a healthy body so just for our our listeners and viewers microbiome can you just Mm -hmm. explain that it is all the bacteria fungi parasites all these things that are inhabit our guts it's basically it's your poop So um, it is these organisms that help to absorb vitamins, make some vitamins, boost our immune system, and we need them. We need them for our health. Um, Who would guess that poop would be so interesting? (laughs) Never heard it talked about like that before. <laughs> it's about three what pounds. goes in comes out is that right when you when you have a colonoscopy you realize how much weight it ha- it holds mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you weigh yourself before and after you clean out for a colonoscopy it's between three and five pounds oh like essential wow for all of us and oh. <clears throat> i mean so much is being discovered more and more and more so they've just just this week found a bacteria that is connected to depression and realize that if this actually somehow has a cause and effect that you could treat depression with either a probiotic, they have done it with fecal transplant and it Mm -hmm. does seem to help. So some new potential, Mm -hmm. probably more benign therapies. Yes. That's interesting. That would be an enormous breakthrough. Yes. For sure. And one of the other Mm -hmm. things I talk about in the book is the blue zones. So the blue zones are areas in the world 
that Dan Buettner and his colleagues um, looked to see where people were living into their hundreds in a healthy way. And they circled these places on a map and they did it blue, which is how we got the blue zones. And we've learned a lot from them. So we've learned that the plant-based diet with beans is very healthy. And that's part of the reason they've lived so long. They move for their life. They don't go to the gym. They don't work out with weights. They just move. <laughs> they go to their friend's house. They go to the store. They are constantly moving. They have a friend unit, a family unit. They have a purpose. Most of them have faith in some form or another. And they only eat till they're 80% full, <laughs> called Arihachi Boo. So I talk about my husband in the book because he doesn't do that. So we call him Harihachi Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and these zones, uh, where, uh, where are they, these zones? They're, they're in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. They're Icaria, Greece. There's one in the United States, Loma Linda, California, where the Adventists live. Mm -hmm. um, Okinawa, Japan. And Sardinia. Yes. Uh, and these are you talking are about me. these things because it's what helps us be invincible? Yes. Will help us to keep healthy, keep moving, feel fulfilled, and be able to help other people by sharing our wisdom. So it's interesting. Jane Fonda talks about aging in the United States. And we're still in this old paradigm where we're born, we peak in midlife, and then we go into decrepitude. And I think a lot of people think that's what's going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. But in truth, as she says, it's like a staircase upward. That's what aging is, where we come into our wisdom and our, our authentic selves. And that's what I try and relay in this book, how there are ways that you can really come into your own now. You know, there are a lot of people that did amazing things after 60. <laughs> Grandma Moses started painting at 77. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> and there's so many examples like that. Um, do you give examples of women, uh, sort of more ordinary women in your book? Do you tell stories? I do. Them? Yes. Some are <laughs> sad and some are happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some of my own stories in there as well. So Ways is there a story that sort of stands out that you can share with us? Well, just put you on the spot. My well, my own story is when I was actually in training and I was a resident, and I had a patient who came in to see me. She was actually admitted from the ER, chronic pain. She had they thought she had appendicitis. They took her appendix out and she was normal. Um, and they thought she was just a drug seeker, but she'd had a baby. She'd been on a diet, low carb diet to lose weight, to lose the baby fat. And she um, had just undergone anesthesia. So I went to the library at the time because we didn't have the internet and I figured out what she had. And so that night I went to her room 
and I had her pee in a cup and I put the cup in the windowsill and waited till morning. So when we were doing rounds, the attending, you know, I presented the case and I told her, I know what she has. And I said, look at the cup. And what had happened was her urine turned purple. Oh. She had acute intermittent porphyria. It's not, it's pretty rare. Um, but when the porphyria in the, or when the chemicals in the urine interact with the sunlight, they turn purple. Really? Interesting. And so it causes abdominal pain. And when it does that when someone has starved themselves, doesn't have enough sugar, or they've had anesthesia, or they've had hormones, which she had because of all the, you know, pregnancy thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what precipitated the whole thing. So he didn't believe me. And I said, this is what we need to do to treat her. And there was actually, at the time, there was the expert was in Minnesota. And I talked to him and he had a therapeutic or a new therapy that was experimental and he sent it to me. And the attending said, you can give it to her, but if anything goes wrong, it's all your fault. I don't believe you. So I gave it to her. It was this thick black stuff called hematin. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> but it worked. And thank God the professor in Minnesota was kind of my backup guy. Mm -hmm. um, but even after that, he, the attending never gave me any recognition. He still refused to believe I came up with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I just learned something very important that I really have to stick to my guns. Mm-hmm. And that is one step towards invincibility. Uh-huh. Were you already practicing integrative medicine at that time? No, I wasn't. What what led you there to that to integrative medicine? Oh, well, when I was uh, in practice, um I was seeing people every 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't go into medicine to hand out prescriptions and not talk to people and make them wait forever in a, in a waiting room just wasn't going to work for me. And so I quit. And then I decided to do the integrative medicine fellowship with Dr. Andrew Weil. Because mm -hmm. even during my training, what I noticed was a shift in medicine. So when I first started in my clinical practice, I actually did have a little bit of time for people. And then as insurance companies got more and more involved, I couldn't spend that time with the patients and the clinic wanted to make money and it just got very complicated. And I, that's not what I went into this for. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I could talk to people, I could actually help them. And that's what I found out. <laughs> and I, not necessarily with medicines, they're not the answer. Mm -hmm. So you took the integrative medical route Yes. And how can and and for our listeners who may not really be may not really understand this, how, what is the difference to them to approach medicine from an integrative point of view or to find a doctor who practices that and ordinary medical health? Well, the regular medicine practice right now is very disease oriented. You have a problem, you go to see the doctor. And they try and figure it out and fix it one problem at a time, disease at a time. 
Integrative medicine is a partnership between the physician or the provider and the patient where the partnership tries to get to the root of the problem by talking <laughs> and really looking at the whole person. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's about. And listening. <laughs> listening is the key. Mm -hmm. And now I don't think anyone's getting listened to. I really don't. I think it's okay. What's wrong? Yeah, let's the scribe will write down what's going on. Yeah, this take this pill. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening now. If you're lucky enough to get in. And the approaches that you might take for someone who comes in with something that is bothering them. Well, the way the way I I saw people was I would spend an hour and a half going doing an in-depth intake where I looked at what had happened to them physically and what had happened to them emotionally because so many so much of the time it has little to do with what happened to them physically mm -hmm. so i find out how they grew up what traumas they had in their lives and how they're feeling now so the social history for me is always the most important because i think that is the most enlightening when it comes to what's going on with a person mm. so I really get to know the patient. Then I love figuring out what's going on diagnostically, do the tests that are necessary, and then together come up with a plan with the patient. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it has to do with what they're eating, their if they're exercising and sleeping. Mm -hmm. It all goes Always back, comes back to those. Does. Does. Exactly. 80% yeah. of disease is lifestyle choices. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So in your book, Invisible or Invincible, I, I assume you also talk about the emotional and mental health. Oh, sides. definitely. Yeah. How, how do you approach that? Well, actually, I kind of talk about dealing with trauma. I also talk about finding joy. Um, people's goal is often happiness, which is sort of an ongoing past, present, future thing. Joy, however, is in the moment. Mm -hmm. And we can all find joy, no matter what the situation is. And there's a great uh, experiment that some people did where it's called Picture This, where they had people doing just like five pictures in the morning and then reviewing them at night. And it really made them feel better. So... Joy is a big piece of that. Mm -hmm. Gratitude, spirituality, all those things really make a difference. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And um, so the women that you that you've written this book, I assume you, this is written for the lay, the lay person, the lay. It is. Uh, and what at what age would you recommend women start reading this? Well, it's actually it was, you know, I say something about women over sixty. But I think any woman, no matter what their age is, should read this book. Mm -hmm. um, it was geared to women over 60 because I talk about hormones quite a bit oh, mm -hmm. um, and hormone replacement and why I think it's a good idea for some. And again, why I think that some of the studies that were done were a disservice to women um, because hormones can make your life a whole lot better, mm. yeah. especially if you're not sleeping. <laughs> Exactly. 
So the, the thing that people need to understand, especially when it comes to hormone replacement therapy, is I'm sure you all remember what happened with the Women's Health Initiative study and everyone just stopped their hormones. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that study was done looking at Premarin, which is made from horse mare urine and Provera, which is not progesterone, it's a synthetic progestin. And they took these women who were on average 63 years old. So most of them had been menopausal for 10 years and not had a period. So they had women with a uterus and women without a uterus. The women with a uterus got Premarin and Provera. The ones without got Premarin alone. So what happened was, and I, people don't realize this, that when you put a woman on hormones that hasn't seen them for 10 years, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? <laughs> They're going to bleed. So when they bled, a lot of them dropped out of the study, but they were still considered in the treatment group. So the other women, um, some of them dropped out as well. But what they found was the Premer and Provera group had an increase in breast cancer, heart disease, and dementia. Wow. Not so for the women on the Premarin alone. So it wasn't the Premarin, it was the Provera that was the problem. Mm-hmm. And I would not put any woman on that because it's not bioidentical and I, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So they did another study in France with, I think it was 100,000 women. And they found when you use estrogen, estradiol, and progesterone together, there's no increased risk in breast cancer or dementia or heart disease. But it had to be given under the tongue, uh, in the, through the skin, or vaginally. You don't swallow it. Hmm. And when, what, when was that study done in France? That was done probably in the early 2000s. It's done a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are women where hormones are very helpful. Now, if you have a history of breast cancer in your family, would I do them? No, I would not advise them. Mm -hmm. Or some other reason that you'd be afraid of hormones. But otherwise, they can be quite helpful. And why should you suffer? (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah, that's a really classic question. Why should we suffer? Hot flashes and not sleeping, that's not good. Mm-hmm. For sure. There's no need. And my mom, who's, I won't tell you how old she is, but she's well past 80. She's still on her hormones. And she's amazing. Wow. And these doctors keep wanting to take her off. What are they worried about at this point? <laughs> oh, interesting. She's sexually active. She's physically active, leave her alone. (laughs) Let's go back to your book. Let's go back to your book for a moment. Yeah, Uh, sorry. um, (laughs) We digress. That's that's okay. But invisible or invincible. And, um, and so I tell me again, what, what your feeling is that how women can begin to feel invincible rather than invincible and invisible. I think they need to realize their own value, their own Mm -hmm. self-worth. Think about what you did. What were you doing in the 60s? Most of us were busy mouthing off, expressing ourselves, telling people what we want, what we need. 
Mm-hmm. Why did we stop? Why did we, as Clint Eastwood said, he has a friend who's 91 and he looks amazing. And he asked him why he was so young. And he said, I just don't let the old man in. Well, we don't let the old woman in either. If you let her in, you'll sit there and you won't do anything. Mm-hmm. So number one, feel good. Don't feel bad. You need to eat healthy. You need to exercise. If you need a joint replacement, get it. It is safe. That's another belief that you're going to have a problem. Well, for older people, it's a safe procedure these days. Do it. Get out there, move, and start talking again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Make yourself known, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is it? Okay. Yeah. So what do you, what is it? What do you think it takes for an individual woman to be able to speak her mind, to advocate for herself in a system that is traditionally, you know, patronizing and authoritarian and but we just do it. <laughs> just well, actually, practice. you know, learn again from the blue zones. Find your find your tribe. Mm-hmm. Find your friends, find the people that support you. It's just, just like Mr. Rogers said, find the helpers. They're out there. It could be your, your doctor. It could be your nurse practitioner. It could be somebody in your church. It could be, who knows, or a community group. Find them, mm-hmm. get the support, and then get the confidence. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. I, I think um, this notion of in, when we, in the 1960s, those of us and some other gen, same generation, we did move mountains, many, many mountains. We and did. so, um, so there's a collective wisdom, intelligence about how we can do that. How do we do that for healthcare? That's a tough one. So uh-huh. that's my next book. Okay. <laughs> But when it comes to healthcare, we have to, I think we would all admit, our system is broken. There's, I mean, it's just horribly broken. So again, what we need to do is be accountable for our own health. Don't expect someone else to fix it. It's not going to happen. So figure out, again, what you need to do to be as healthy as you can be. And it goes back. Again, to healthy eating, exercising, just moving even, and getting enough sleep, good sleep. And the way you know you're getting good sleep, there are a lot of little things out there now. So there's a ring, I wear it, called the Aura, O-U-R-A. It will tell you how you're sleeping. (laughs) So you may get eight hours a night, but maybe you're not getting the good dream sleep, REM sleep, or deep sleep. And the ring will tell you. Mm-hmm. And they'll give you tips too. I was going to say, well, I'll tell you what to do instead. It will. It will. <laughs> say, I bet you ate too close to bedtime last night. <laughs> it talks to you. Really? <laughs> Not actually, but it, they write it to you. <laughs> and it's called O-U-R-A? Yes. Uh-huh. Fitbits do that too. Fitbits. Yeah. Yeah. It fits, and now the uh, new Apple Watch does that. There are a lot, or there's even a bed that'll do it. 
Oh, I want that. <laughs> okay, it's ten thousand dollars, but we'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my wish list. Then. <laughs> the um, so what you've? I just want to hear a little bit more about. Are you still doing? Is there a doctor in the in the house? Um, I'm doing health tips, but is there a doctor in the house? I do it very intermittently. Okay. I last ones I did were a year ago. Okay. And um, what what kind of do you get pushback from conventional people in conventional medicine, or are they not even listening to you? You know, it's funny. I did get pushback, but then some of the concepts that I kind of brought out, they're starting to adopt. <laughs> so, as an Such example, as. okay, there's a really good example. There mm -hmm. is a gene. Follow me on this one. The codes for how you process folic acid. It's called MTHFR. I won't tell you what I, the slang term I use, but you can okay. get MTHFR, think about it. Anyway, <laughs> so what it does is it codes for enzymes that help you process folic acid and turn it into something called L-methylfolate. L-methylfolate, is what your body uses to make serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. All those things that make you feel good from getting depressed. If you have one mutation, it's down by about 30%. Two mutations, you're down by about 60%. And more likely than not, you're depressed. If you take the vitamin L-methylfolate, makes a huge difference. Oh. Hmm. Now we're finding that it plays a role in miscarriage in pregnant women. It also plays a role in heart disease. So when I first started doing this, they were like calling me voodoo doctor or something. But now it's kind of become more standard. Hmm. And if you notice prenatal vitamins, most of them contain L-methylfolate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of regular vitamins have L-methylfolate. I'm going to run and check. <laughs> right it's, now. So it's a blood test or a cheek swab. Very easy to check. Mm -hmm. And Medicare pays for it. Okay. Good to know. Very good to know. Mm -hmm. The other thing you could do is just try it and see if you feel better. <laughs> right. But I find unless you know you have it, the mutation, people won't take it regularly. Mm -hmm. The supplement. Mm-hmm. So is the supplement full of or is it just this? It's l, -methyl l -methyl It's a methylated form of folic acid. Oh, okay. All right. We learn so much, don't we, Catherine, on this show? <laughs> we, do. <laughs> we do. I mean, it's so simple. It went, once you know it, it's simple. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing that has happened is when I first started my practice, I opted out of Medicare. And people just paid fee for service. And my colleagues all told me that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. But it did. And guess who's doing the same thing? They are now. Concierge, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So just before, oh, the time goes by so quickly. Just before we close, you, you mentioned that you're writing another, working on yes. another book. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about what we can look forward to from, from you. So that's going to be, so I look at invisible or invincible as the amuse-bouche to this next one. 
<laughs> so basically I get into much more detail about how you can protect your brain, your heart, and your gut. And different ways that you can eat healthy exercise and why it is so important. Mm -hmm. So, and I also talk about a treatment called EMDR, mm -hmm. eye movement desensitization reprocessing, which I have found enormously helpful in treating almost everyone who has trauma. Mm -hmm. um, because really that's a huge part of disease as well. So people who've had traumas are more likely to have irritable bowel syndrome, depression, have weight issues. Once you resolve that, huh, amazing, they get better. <laughs> but how do you know they had the trauma unless you ask and unless, listen? Uh, so are you trained in EMDR? No, gosh, no. But I know some good people who are. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a fascinating, phenomenal way to help people. And it's quick. That's the other it thing is. I like about it. Mm -hmm. my, my late husband practiced that. And so I was the, the he practiced on me a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you're so calm. I'm so, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know. <laughs> Move my eyes. Yeah. Or tap. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, anything else, Robin? Before we we need to close, any parting words? Um. Yeah, I just want women to understand how valuable they are, especially as they age. We have so much to offer, mm -hmm. and if only people would listen to us. <laughs> I have a great story at the end of the book about listening. And uh, I'll say no more, but it's very okay. cool. <laughs> okay. This is, in, this is the invincible, invisible uh, or invincible. Not, yeah, okay. it's a great story. Um, that's all I'll I say. I know you're tempted to tell us, but. I know I'm tempted, but I'm not giving it away. But it was uh, somebody who was a physician who had just amazing stories. She wrote about it in the Annals of Maternal Medicine. Oh. And I, it's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> So I know your book is available on Kindle right now, and the hard copy is coming out. No, it's out. Oh, it is out. Oh, so or the, okay. So what? I guess mine's not delivered until no, it's December. It's real. That's a long time, but that's yeah. yeah. Anyway, I may have to send you. It's copy. available. I may have to send you your own sign. <laughs> <That'd be cool. laughs> that would be great, Robin. Thank you so much. For, Thanks for, for being having with me. us today. It's so informative. Mm -hmm. Love your attitude, your energy. Thank you. Yeah, I think we all need a pep talk, don't we? We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.